Hello, this is episode 11 of season one and the last episode of this season. Season one of the Get It Right podcast has been all about what matters most in designing your new home or renovation. And in this last episode of the season, I'll be outlining the key ideas about indoor-outdoor connections and how you can use these ideas to create spaciousness in your home. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. As I said, this is the last episode of season one of the Get It Right podcast. I really hope you've been enjoying this season and learning a lot from it that you can use to make your home design better. When thinking about how I would kick off the Get It Right podcast, look, I revisited all of the questions I'd received from readers of Undercover Architect and there were truckloads, but they mainly revolved around three fears. And these three fears, they are seriously the ones that I hear day in, day out from homeowners and I have throughout my career. So what are these three fears that homeowners talk to me about? Well, number one fear revolves around money and it's fears about what your project will cost, if you can afford it, and whether your budget will blow out. The second fear is about time. How long will the project take and how will you fit it into your already very busy life? The third fear, though, is by far the most prominent and debilitating. And this third fear is the one you regularly tell me that you're worried about above and beyond all others. And what's this fear? That you'll stuff it up that you'll spend all of this time, money and energy building or renovating your home and that you'll end up with something that you wish you'd done differently, that you make choices you'll regret and that you'll have to live with them long term and that in stuffing it up, you'll end up looking like a fool as well. It breaks my heart and it's why I called this podcast Get It Right because when I ask homeowners what they actually want for their project, those are the three words I hear again and again and again. They just want to get it right, simple, to the point and totally understandable, especially when you're creating your forever family home. Even if it's not your forever home, you're still spending a lot of money and time and you're creating something that will last for decades. So getting it right is still important and relevant. And at the end of the day, in the 20 plus years I've been in this industry, one thing I know for sure is this, and this may be a great relief to you listening. So listen closely. Getting it right isn't any more expensive or exclusive or unavailable to you than getting it wrong. Getting it right doesn't require more money or more time. What it does require is this. Making certain choices first. Understanding what your priorities need to be and having the knowledge and support to implement those choices first. But here's the rub. When you've never done this before and you've been fed on a diet of reality television and 24-hour renovation challenges, how on earth are you to know what these priorities need to be? And that's what this first season has been all about. What matters most when designing, building and renovating your home so that you can know what to choose first, 
what to prioritise so that you can get it right. Hopefully you've been listening along as we've taken this journey together through season one because I've been taking you step by step through what you need to know and decide on first when designing your reno or new home. And in episode eight, I kicked off this four-part toolkit that can create spaciousness in your home, spaciousness that makes your home feel bigger and brings peace and calm to your home and organisation and relaxation to your life. To create spaciousness, you can use volume, light and great storage. And in this last episode of the season, this is where I'm going to explain how to use the last tool. What is it? Well, I'm going to outline how to use indoor and outdoor connections to create spaciousness. So how do you use indoor-outdoor connections to create spaciousness? It seems like an obvious answer, doesn't it? Well, if you help your interior areas feel more connected to your exterior areas around your home, then it helps these interior areas feel bigger, doesn't it? Right? Well, of course it does. However, there's more to it and there's other ways to create spaciousness through indoor-outdoor connections. The obvious way to create these connections between inside and outside is just to find ways to open up the edges or walls of our homes with windows and doors. However, look, this is purely a physical way to create that indoor-outdoor connection and it can really be much better and more powerful than this. And the connection that you create when you get it right can have a massive impact on how, how your home feels and performs. So before you start cutting holes in the walls of your home to open it up, let's just look at how to get it right with indoor-outdoor connections. I'm going to take you through four ways that I want you to use to think about your indoor-outdoor connections for all the parts of your home. Thinking about connections in these ways really can help to create spaciousness for your whole home overall. These four ways, they'll work in any sized home, even the most compact. So the four ways to think about indoor-outdoor connections are, number one, borrowing space. And this is essentially about bringing the outdoors in and making indoor spaces feel larger. Number two is borrowing light. And this is about creating that airy, open feel, no matter how big the space. Number three is creating sight lines, which helps you maintain security and promotes openness in your home. And number four is cutting sight lines, which actually helps maintain privacy and promotes intimacy in your home. So let's go through these uh, four ways in detail. So the first one is borrowing space or bringing the outdoors in. This is about creating really strong physical and visual connections between the indoors and the outdoors. Because when we do this, we actually grow the experience of our homes from the four walls that contain them into our gardens and beyond into our streets and our neighbourhoods. Now, I want you to think about how you dissolve the edges of your home, not only about letting you just step from the inside to the outside. Find ways that actually enable you to use all of your senses to get a connection with the outdoors around your home and to bring the outside in. You know, how can you open windows and doors to feel and smell and hear the outside, not just to physically get to it? How can you make the walls of your home feel more like something that you can fold away when you want to and close up when you choose? You know, when we think about designing our homes, we can become quite formulaic about it. We create big decks or our fresco areas, and then we create internal dining rooms or meals areas and eating kitchens. And so we have indoor dining spaces and we have outdoor dining spaces. Look instead at how you can use the edges of your home to connect the indoors to the outdoors really well. And then potentially you can get one dining space being both, being both an indoor dining space 
and an outdoor dining space. And that way you're spending the money on one space that works really well rather than two spaces that don't work so well or potentially might not fit in your home or on your site. So one example that might work for you is this, you know, perhaps you can't actually fit a deck or a balcony or a veranda onto your home. So your natural thing would be then, okay, well, we'll just put a room there and we'll put windows in it so that we can open them up to have a look at the view and get some light in. But maybe instead of windows, you could actually install full height sliding doors in this wall. And then you can fix a glass balustrade to the outside of the sliding doors. And then what you can do is they can actually push the sliding doors open and the glass balustrade is there. And immediately you folded away the wall and opened up this big door opening and made your interior space feel like an exterior space. Now, this may be a little bit tricky to visualize. A lot of homeowners sort of balk when I first say this to them, but I'm going to put some images on the website. So head to www.undercoverarchitect.com indoor outdoor connection. Okay. And I'll put that link in the show notes, but there's some really great projects that have done this really effectively. I've just done it recently in a project in Brisbane and you know, it can be really powerful and quite a different way to think about how to create indoor spaces that then feel like exterior spaces just when you open up the walls properly. Now, tip number two, and the thing that I want you to think about is borrowing light, which is about creating light-filled and airy spaces. You know, those are words that a lot of homeowners tell me that they want their spaces to feel. And we spoke about using light to create spaciousness in episode nine of this season. And I took you through some of the mistakes that people make and also talked about how to use natural and electric light efficiently to create spaciousness in your home. But let's think about this more in relation to that indoor-outdoor connection because, of course, our homes feel more spacious when they're light-filled and they're airy. Now, I want you to have a think about the holes that you cut in your home and how they'll borrow light from outside to bring it inside because this might change the way that you size your openings and the types of windows and doors that you create and then where you actually locate them. Providing windows and doors, it's not always about just achieving a physical connection to outside immediately or about shaping and providing a view. You know, you could actually think about how you're going to guide the eye towards light or create a surprise of natural light in somewhere where it's not really expected. So that may mean a low window looking down into the garden, or it may be a skylight that sneaks a view of the sky, but only from a certain spot when you stand underneath it. But the rest of the time, you're just getting this beautiful wash of natural light. And that's what I mean about borrowing light, because natural light will actually spill into these openings. And this will create a sense of spaciousness in your home in lovely, surprising ways. You know, sometimes the views out of our homes, they're not ideal. But when we create openings in unexpected places with indirect views that we can actually control, we can still get that light and we can do it in a way that really creates a sense of joy and surprise and delight about our homes and helps us get that natural light in to feel that sense of spaciousness as well. Tip number three is about creating sight lines that help you maintain security and also promote openness in your home. Now, when I see homeowners planning and designing their homes, they focus on how they're going to create those interior spaces. They may spend some time thinking about the spaces immediately around those interior spaces, so be it their alfresco or outdoor entertaining area and the entry to their home. But I want you to have a think about it this way instead. Think about how your home's going to sit in its street, in its neighbourhood and on its block overall. 
what views are actually available to you well beyond the bounds of your site? You know, could a vista down the street connect you visually with a local park? Could a well-placed window help you see the glow of a sunrise or a sunset each day between neighbours' homes or over their rooftops? One of our renovations that we did personally, it actually involved raising a Queenslander to build in underneath. And in the process of raising the home, we also moved it on the block. So we raised it a metre, we shifted it sideways and we shifted it forward slightly. And in doing so, what we actually enabled the rear extension that we were adding onto the back of the home to do was it meant that from there you could get this view past the neighbour right down the street to the parklands at the end. And what that did was dramatically change how big our home felt, how big our block felt. And you could stand in the kitchen then and get this long range vista view that was just all about greenery and these long sort of views over the suburbs. And it was, it was you know, it was something that we didn't have before we moved the house around. So it's, you know, obviously raising and shifting at Queensland is quite dramatic, but I want you to have a think about what are those unexpected long range views that you might be able to get from your home if you're renovating or building it that can really help guide the eye out. You know, another thing that happened in that home in particular was that in the butler's pantry, I had designed a very large window that came down to the top of the bench that was all obscure glass. And it was about letting light in, but of course, providing privacy in the butler's pantry. And when we raised the home, we realised that if we actually positioned the window a certain way and we made it clear, that we would get this incredible band view. And I'll put a picture of this in the blog so that you can see it. But we got this great view of the street trees and just the treetops. But because of where we positioned the windowsill, we could see out, but we were privatised from people looking in. So, you know, you don't have to have a coastal or a city view to make your home valuable. When you actually enable the interiors of your home to connect visually with things outside it, you know, beyond your block and and in your neighbourhood and in your street, you really enhance the spaciousness of your home. And you can be doing that on any size block in most areas. You know, this is this is about guiding the eye beyond your home. It may sound weird, but when you remind people in your home, particularly you, that there's a big wide world beyond the four walls that contain it, it makes the space within your home feel much bigger. And when you create that reminder in a way that actually enriches your everyday experience because that view is something nice to look at, then that's an amazing feeling to have in your home. The other thing to know about creating sight lines is that they can also help maintain security. So when we consider how to securitise our home, we usually just think about gates and fences and intercoms and other ways that we'll use to lock our home down from the street. But when your home actually enables you to keep an eye on the street and the spaces around the home, it can bring a sense of protection to your home and to your neighbourhood overall. You know, have you ever experienced that feeling of walking down an alleyway that's lined with garage doors and buildings that are actually turning their back to that space? It feels unsafe, doesn't it? Even during the day, it feels like something could happen and no one would ever know. Make sure that your home doesn't inadvertently do that to your street uh, or to the public spaces around your home. When you design your home instead so that it actually has eyes on the street, you know, this will actually help you make your area feel safer and make your home feel protected overall. Now, tip number four is about cutting sight lines and maintaining privacy and promoting intimacy. 
Now, I've been talking a lot about opening up our homes, so borrowing light and space and creating sight lines. It sounds like we're making our homes pretty transparent, doesn't it? Like we'll actually end up living in a fishbowl. And look, this isn't ideal for maintaining a sense of privacy and intimacy in our homes. So let's talk about how you can create spaciousness with great door indoor outdoor connections and maintain your privacy and intimacy of your homes. Consider how cutting sight lines can help maintain privacy and promote intimacy. This is basically the ability to prevent unwanted views into your homes. And these views, they can be from the street or they can be from neighbouring homes and areas. Now, firstly, whether you're renovating or you're building new, I really recommend that you do this activity. Analyse your site and see where external views can or will come into your property. They could be from a neighbour's deck, for example, down into your lower level living spaces, or they could be from the neighbour's hallway into your upper floor, or from standing in their back garden, for example, looking up at the back of your house, or it could be from somebody passing by on a footpath outside your home, looking back into an upstairs bedroom. Rather than rearranging everything in your floor plan to deal with this, look at how you can actually cut the sight lines from those positions looking into your home. One way that you can do this is to actually add elements that block or cut these sight lines. So this can be done with landscaping or it can be done with external screens or fins or blades. And it can also work with things like pergolas or roofing over lower floor alfresco areas. You know, all of these elements can actually prevent those views and cut those sight lines. A pergola, for example, can prevent a neighbour from looking down into your private entertaining areas from their property upstairs. Another way is to use internal blinds or screens. These will give you the flexibility to manage the view as required based on the time of day or use of the room. And sometimes if you want the view out and light, this is a compromise that you can use to manage the privacy as well. And you can choose whether you want a block out blind or a semi-transparent one. A third way is actually to use different types of glass. So you can use obscure or semi-transparent glass in a window or door, and then you can prevent views in when that window or door is closed. And then based on the window or door type you choose, you can manage the views out and in based on how and when you open it. If you head to the blog on the Undercover Architect website, and the link will be in the show notes, I'll include some links to a couple of blogs that I have, which will help you with choosing window and door types, because they'll really give you some good tips to navigate those choices confidently and to really have a think about how you're going to use windows and doors in your home. And I'll also have some images there about devices that you can design into your home to cut sight lines really well that work in terms of helping maintain this privacy. But you've got to remember the first step is really about whether you're creating sight lines or you're trying to cut sight lines. It's actually to identify what sight lines you want to promote and what sight lines you want to prevent because this will then help you think about how you'll design the rooms and the spaces of your home and then what you need to put in and around them to enable to promote these sight lines or to prevent these sight lines. So those four things to consider when creating your indoor-outdoor connections are number one is borrowing space. So essentially just looking at bringing the outdoors in and making your interior spaces feel larger as a result. Number two is about how you'll borrow light so that you can create that airy, open feel no matter how big the space is. Number three is creating sight lines, which really help you maintain security and promote openness in your home. 
And number four is cutting sight lines. And that helps you maintain privacy and promote intimacy in your home. So before you start carving up the walls of your future new home or your renovation in an effort to bring the outdoors in and to make your home feel more spacious, just stop. Look at how these connections you're creating will actually perform. Use these four tips to design them and the impact that they'll have on making your home feel more spacious. Be intentional about how you choose and include these things in your home because that's what makes the difference. When you are deliberate and you're intentional about what you include and how you include it, that really makes a big difference to the feel and design of your home overall. So that's it for our four-part toolkit to create spaciousness and it's the end of season one of the Get It Right podcast. Wow, we've crammed a lot into this first season of the Get It Right podcast, haven't we? I hope you found it super useful. There's lots more goodness and helpful advice coming up in the future podcasts, I promise, and I can't wait. It would be really great for more homeowners to be getting help to get it right in their home. So I really encourage you to share this with anybody that you know is planning a renovation or a new build so that uh, they can get the help that they need too. Now, remember to head to the website. You'll see the blog there for this podcast. The link will be in the show notes. Otherwise, it's www.undercoverarchitect.com for slash indoor outdoor connections and I really want to encourage you to have a look because there'll be links there for blogs that will help you and also some images to really help you have a think about how you're going to create indoor outdoor connections in your home that'll be really powerful in making your home feel spacious. I'm going to be back next week with a little sneak peek introduction to season two. I can't say much more than that, except to share that season two is actually going to be taking you through some information I have been wanting to talk about and to share at that level of detail for so long now. So I'm I'm just itching to dive into it with you, okay? And I think it's really going to be super helpful for anyone who is designing their new home or renovation. So until then, head to the website for lots more help and I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining me here at Get It Right with Undercover Architect. Now, if you've enjoyed listening, please head to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. That way you'll be the first to know about new episodes and you'll also help others like you find out about this podcast. And to be honest, who doesn't need help when it comes to renovating and building? If you have friends or family planning their future homes, please share this podcast with them too. Remember to head to the Undercover Architect website at www.undercoverarchitect.com. There you can see more information on podcast topics and you can learn lots more about how to get it right. You can also access downloadable freebies, plus learn more about my online program and one-to-one services. This has been Amelia Lee, the Undercover Architect. Thank you so much for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.